1: There's no right or wrong way to be vegan. If you want your baby to also be vegan, that's okay. But if you're choosing for your child not to be vegan, that's also okay. And that's giving them the choice later on in life.
0: Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Well, hey guys, welcome back. I've got a little bit of a different type of episode for you. Normally, our Monday episodes are mini baby-led weaning training episodes, but today I wanted to interview a mom that I've been talking to for a little while on Instagram. Our Thursday episodes are generally interviews that are longer with feeding experts, but she's not a feeding expert, but she's an expert as a mom the way I see it. And this is a mom and her name is Suzanne Quebeman, Susie Quebeman, And she is a vegan. Her husband is a cattle rancher and her baby is doing baby led weaning. And I was watching her posting these videos of her baby's eating meat or her baby eating meat, but she said she was a vegan. I'm like, I'm very interested in this. And I'm just interested in how different families make it work when they're starting foods. And since we're all kind of here to learn together, I just wanted you guys to hear Susie's story. She has a seven and a half month old daughter named Mara. And she's going to share about just some of the family feeding dynamics when one of the parents is vegan and the other one is not. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview with Susie Kwebemann about being a vegan mom, married to a cattle rancher dad, and having a BLW baby.
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me today. All right, before we dive in, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? What do you do? And then I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about your baby.
1: So, I'm originally from Los Angeles, and my husband and I now live in a suburb just outside of Washington, D.C. I got my master's in public health from George Washington University, and I currently work in the pharmaceutical industry, helping with data, doing statistics and analysis, as well as just other epidemiological
0: items. As someone who has a master's in public health and didn't, I like epidemiology, but I always found like the statistics classes to be the hardest. And when they started like doing the computer programs, I remember like SAS and stuff, my eyes just like glazed over and I was like, this is not for me. I need to stick to food. So, but every research study I ever worked on, like you need a statistician. So it's very important. And I really admire the work you guys do. It's just like data is, it's overwhelming sometimes.
1: Yes. I spent a lot of time in my day-to-day life in SAS.
0: All right. So tell us a little bit about your daughter.
1: So my daughter is Mara and she is seven and a half months old. She is my first and we absolutely love and adore her. She is just a bundle of joy.
0: Okay. You are here. I'm going to give everyone the backstory. So Susie is a vegan and her husband is a cattle rancher and their baby's doing baby led weaning. And I first got introduced to you, you guys were on Instagram and you were talking about being a vegan mom or sharing a story and you're like, but your baby was eating lamb. And I was like, I got to get to the bottom of this. So before I ask some specific questions about feeding Mara meat, even though you're vegan, there's lots of reasons why people choose veganism. I am not a vegan. I respect all of the reasons why someone might be, but just curious if you're okay with sharing with us, why did you decide to be a vegan? How long have you been a vegan? Like what's the why behind your veganism?
1: So I've been vegan for about eight years and it came during my undergraduate. I did my undergraduate in exercise and wellness. And I had three classes. One was obesity and weight management. One was chronic diseases. And one was nutrition for chronic diseases.
0: Those all kind of sound like the same class. Sorry.
1: (laughs) They basically were. So all three of them required a diet change. So all three of them, one wanted us to eat more plants. Another wanted us to lose 10 pounds in a semester or gain, or you could make a reason for keeping the same weight because it was obesity and weight management. And then the last one, the nutrition was about doing a diet that could affect a
0: chronic disease. Wait, I'm so sorry. You were in a nutrition class where there was a requirement to have a weight fluctuation. Like what year was this?
1: So it was obesity and weight management. It was mostly for personal trainers. And so it was for you to experience a great body change that you would be asking clients. Oh
0: my gosh. And I'm so sorry, but that course was not taught by a registered dietitian, I would assume. No, no, no. Okay. Because you would, sorry, that is like eating disorder training one-on-one is we do not require people to change their weight. And so having taught at the college level for many years, I take major issue with like non-nutrition people teaching nutrition classes. So just checking there, because that's kind of an unusual requirement, right? Like go change your body weight. Like what if you have an underlying eating disorder? Hopefully there was an exemption or an exception for that. that. Yes.
1: So there absolutely was. You could always say that you wanted to keep your weight and you could write out why.
0: Okay. So the coursework that you took kind of opened your eyes to the health benefits of a vegan diet. Is that inappropriate you know, because interpretation?
1: We had to the diet change. We had to do it ourselves and document how it was going. All three of the classes, me and a couple other students, we've discovered that since they were all overlapping, that if we went vegan, that would satisfy the requirement for all three different classes.
0: Oh, so it's kind of like a shortcut in school that ended up being a lifestyle change for you. Yes, exactly. I love it. But
1: after <laughs> the semester was over, I thought I was going to go home for Christmas break and just to have a big Christmas dinner, have all the ham, all the turkey. And I looked at my parents and I said, I feel so much healthier, so much better. I'm not interested in the meat. I'm not interested in the dairy. I'm not interested in the eggs. This is just who I
0: am. This episode is brought to you by Help. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit betterhelp.com/weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com/weaning and get 10% off your first month. Okay, then you meet your husband and he's a cattle rancher. Like that is kind of an unusual match if I may. A vegan and a cattle rancher. Like how did that happen and were you vegan before you met him? And like, was that a barrier at all to your relationship at the beginning?
1: So the day I met my husband was actually the same day that I ate my last hamburger.
0: You didn't even know it either, right?
1: No. So we, were, we had just met at a church activity and we were standing there talking and I was chowing down on my last burger that I would ever eat. And I, did, I had known him for a year before we ended up even dating.
0: Okay, but you were vegan that whole year. Yep. So we knew what he was getting into.
1: Yep, and he had told his roommate, he swore he would never date a vegan because taking her out to eat would be way too difficult and he didn't know what his family would think. But then one of my roommates just looked at me and said, you know, you and your husband, my now husband, would just be absolutely perfect together. And I went.
0: Okay, well, I love that. This is, you know, there's someone for everyone, I firmly believe, but you don't normally hear about vegans and families of cattle ranchers dating each other. So I'm glad it worked out. You have baby Mara now, she's seven and a half months old. Tell us a little bit about your feeding philosophy because I think it's really, I just want to pick your brain. Like you are a vegan who decided to feed your baby some non-vegan foods. And most of my audience is not vegan. I just want to clarify that. Like parents ask me all the time and I'll share other resources, but I include animal foods in all of my programs because I believe in the benefits of many of those foods, but I completely respect families who don't eat them, but also from an allergenic standpoint half of the big eight allergenic foods are animal foods. And we have some good data to show that early introduction of these foods can help prevent food allergies. So I'm curious if any of that played into your decision to have Mara include animal foods or like what kind of discussions did you and your husband have? Or did you just like take it and run with it?
1: So because I have all the background in health, all of the feeding stuff was fully up to me. My husband just said, you know what? I'll handle history one day, but you handle all the health stuff because that's what you specialize in. So actually in that nutrition class, we, I had a day where we got to just do questions and answers with our professor. And we had a whole bunch of questions about what it would be like for children. What suggestions do you have for children? What can we do for them to prevent chronic disease down the line? And I have it written down. I wrote it in a special little notebook somewhere that let the baby feed themselves okay, I don't know what that means right now because I am 20 years old, but I will run with it one day. And so when I was having a baby, I looked at it and I was reading all these other mommy blog things and learned that that meant baby led weaning. And so as I learned more about baby led weaning, I saw a whole bunch about allergens. And I thought, hmm, if we're doing early and often with allergens, I want to make sure that my daughter can eat whatever she wants one day. I don't want to pigeonhole her into a vegan diet because that's what I chose for her when she was six months. I want her to be able to be a teenager and go out with friends to being from California, go out to In-N-Out and have whatever she wants because I do know how hard that can be as a college student or now even as an adult to go out and difficulties with some sort of a diet restriction. So then learning about the big eight and learning and seeing, like you said, about how half of them are animal foods. I saw that I really needed to introduce all of those and just don't restrict her.
0: I love that perspective. And I've heard other vegan parents say that, like, maybe this child will choose not to be vegan down the road. And so I want to give them the benefit of knowing how to eat these foods, being familiar with these foods, from an allergenic standpoint, reducing the risk of food allergy to these foods. So I've heard that, and I think it's cool to hear it directly from you because you're kind of living this in real life right now with your daughter, Mara. So your husband is not vegan. His family are cattle ranchers. And you shared with me that when you visit them, like they don't know how to make anything vegan. So how did you guys do meals as a vegan with a meat-eating husband before the baby? And then has anything changed since then?
1: In our household, usually I was always cooking all the meals. So that meant we ate pretty much all vegan. Every once in a while, like if I were making pizza, my husband would get normal cheese because it was cheaper than vegan cheese. Or he gets normal mayo because it's cheaper than regular mayo. And on his pizza, he likes pepperoni. So we have some pepperoni. And then when we visit his family... It was, his family would make a meal and he would eat it and I would go and make myself a potato because being close to Idaho, there are lots of potatoes around.
0: So then with your husband, does he have like a pretty good palate? Does he eat a lot of different foods or is he being exposed to new foods as you guys are exposing your daughter to new foods? So one of the things
1: that I definitely found was the grains. You had so many different whole grains on your list. And so we just had to run out and buy them. And today I just cooked up farro. And my husband looked at it and was like, "What's faro?" And I was like, "It's a grain. It's kind of like rice. Try it." Okay,
0: what are you going to do with it? I'm so interested to know.
1: So I did a teriyaki tofu bowl with faro. Was how I ate it for myself, and then for my daughter, I had, I'm attempting fritters. I've never done fritters much, so I attempted to mix it with egg, and it fell apart. And then I attempted to risottoify
0: it. Yeah, here I have a pro tip for the fritters: is that the grains have to be dry. Like if they're at all, and farro is a hard one because if it like comes right off the pot and it's like a little bit moist or wet, it doesn't do well. So kind of like how they say, you know, day old or two day old cooked rice makes the best fried rice, like throw it in the fridge and let it kind of dry out so that it's totally dry. It does much better in a fritter. Or if you have a salad spinner, I'll just put the cooked grains in the salad spinner, pump it a couple of times and get all the moisture off of it and then just like dry them out on a paper towel and then they do much better in the fritters.
1: That would be a huge help to make my fritters not fall apart.
0: Has she already had tofu or soy? Oh, yes. People always say, I don't know what to do with tofu. It's like, well, it's pretty easy for babies. you find one without salt, and then you cut it into strips about the size of your adult pinky finger and give it to your baby. And you just knocked off one of the big eight allergenic foods. So there's a lot of room for vegan foods in a baby-led weaning diet as well.
1: Yes, definitely. Tofu was probably one of the easiest ones for me.
0: What other allergenic foods have you done with Mara so far?
1: So she has had every allergenic food except for shrimp so far.
0: Ooh, how are you going to do shrimp?
1: Shrimp is going to be even this week or next. She hasn't done an allergenic food this week. So I think it's probably going to be this week. And I'll just probably saute it up like a shrimp scampi, I think.
0: Does she have a tooth or more than one tooth?
1: Nope, not yet. But okay. she is killing it with taking bites with her hard okay, gum. Okay,
0: because a lot of babies can with their gums, sometimes just... You know, watch the texture because if it's particularly rubbery and like you couldn't eat it with your lips over your teeth, then don't give it to your baby. But you can also do cooked shrimp, just ground up really fine in a fritter batter recipe. Like Almost you'd make a crab cake. You could make crab as a type of shellfish. So you could use crab if you had it to introduce baby to shellfish, but you can also do shrimp and just put it, look up any crab cake recipe. I usually use panko breadcrumbs instead of regular breadcrumbs because they're so much lower in sodium. And then you know, you're a vegan, but you've already done egg, So she's had egg in it. And you just need that binding agent to kind of help everything stick together.
1: Yeah, definitely. I've got a couple of cans of clams. Just, I was prepping for a crab cake of some form for her at some cl- clams crab. I was prepping for a crab cake at some point for her. So that'll be perfect.
0: That's awesome. What do other people say when they see your baby eat? So I've been hesitant to show
1: a lot of people but I have a couple of friends who I've seen pictures of her eating and they say, wow, she just eats everything. You're doing it. So right. She's not going to be a picky eater. We were at a Christmas party and I was giving her some pre prepped mashed potatoes that I had made on the side without all the salt for her. And so I handed her a spoonful of mashed potatoes and she was going to town with her little spoon and everyone at the party just looked at me and they asked like, how old is she? I'm like, Oh yeah, six and a half months. They're like, she knows how to use a spoon? Our toddler doesn't know how to
0: use a spoon. So many people are just so impressed. Besides baby led weaning, what other type of podcasts do you like to listen to? Every episode of Slaycation also includes humor and takeaway and travel tips that are going to keep your next family vacation from becoming your last. So if you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So Susie, do you have any advice for families where either one or both of the parents might be vegan, but they're considering doing either A, like all vegan for their baby, or B, maybe more of what you guys are doing, incorporating some animal foods. Like you're living it right now in the thick. What would you say to these parents, one or more vegan parents in the family?
1: If there's just one vegan parent, I feel like you're probably already used to cooking two meals or at least cooking something on the side. So it's no different for me right now than what we are normally living. But if both are vegan, so if I wasn't cooking on the side, then that's exactly it. Just pre-prep a little something off to the side. So when I'm cooking Mara, like her fish, we had, she did salmon for her fish. And so I just pre-prepped a little fish filet for her and it got half frozen and half stayed in the fridge and she kept trying it all week long. And then I did the same thing for her lamb. She's got lamb in the freezer for every other time that I need to pull out some sort of a protein for her.
0: Is that the lamb that you said you had to wear gloves to prepare?
1: Yes. I don't touch heat. I prep it with gloves on and I make sure that she's out of the room just in case I start gagging while I smell it.
0: Lamb is so tough because everyone always texts me after like, oh, thanks. Now my baby smells like lamb. I was like, I know, but Think about what an incredibly flavorful protein food that is your baby just got to try, packed full of iron and new textures and tastes, etc. Yeah, the day
1: she had to try sardines, my mom was laughing at me. She's like, oh man, most adults won't eat a sardine and you're feeding your baby a sardine.
0: Oh, they love them, dude. Babies with sardines are the best. I have a whole episode on how to make sardines safe for your baby to eat. And then we also, I just wanted to mention, because people always say, you don't do enough vegan content. It's like, I'm not vegan. I can't speak in an educated manner about something I don't live. But I have interviewed, I had Alex and Whitney. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them, but they're two registered dietitians who run the Instagram account, Plant Based Juniors. They also have a book that's about the plant-based baby and toddler. And they're not fully vegan, but a lot of people in their community are. So they have great information. And they were on the podcast in episode 127, talking about how do vegan families introduce potentially allergenic foods. So go check that out if you want more vegan tips. And then my only vegan tip that I have for you is that if you ever do go to like a no-egg lifestyle is that what a lot of vegan families will do for fritters because so many of those cooked grains that you were talking about that's in my 101st foods list, they do better as a fritter, but in a basic fritter recipe, there's egg, which kind of, when the protein coagulates and sets, it holds everything together. Well, if you take the egg out because you're vegan, how do you hold everything together? You can do a chia seed or flax seed water substitute. So basically you take one tablespoon of flax seed or chia seed, mixed with three tablespoons of water, mix it with a fork, let it set for a couple of minutes, not till it gets like super solid, but kind of about the consistency of an egg white. And then that's the equivalent of one egg. So mix that into your fritter batter. And I've tried it with all of the 20 grains in the First foods list. And it works great as a substitute if you don't have an egg or you don't want to use eggs. For me, I usually run out of them. Or if you don't eat eggs because your family's vegan.
1: Yeah, I do the flax seed for pancakes and I absolutely love it because it adds the additional iron. So I get to think about that as a higher iron feed for
0: her. Look at you knocking them out left and right. I love it. And I love that you're cognizant of iron, but not freaking out about it. Some vegan families are like, well, my baby won't get enough iron. If you don't eat animal foods, the human body becomes more adept at absorbing the iron from the plant foods. Like sure, it's not as good at absorbing it as we are from animal foods, but your body adapts and it's perfectly possible to have a well-balanced, vegan diet. You can also have like a junk food vegan diet, right? Like I know a lot of families that will eat vegan mac and cheese all day long. And is that nutritionally balanced? Not necessarily. So I think it's so nice to talk to someone who's learning about feeding your baby, incorporating some of your beliefs and practices, and also kind of giving her the freedom to try these foods that she might be interested in eating down the road. Yes, definitely. Well, Susie, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. It was just so nice to meet you. I know we were messaging back and forth a lot on Instagram. And I'm sorry, I'm a bit of a stalker, but I was like, I need to talk to her because I want you to share your story that there's no right or wrong way to do this. And I was curious if you had any final thoughts for our listeners as someone who's kind of figuring it out as you go.
1: I think just the biggest thing is if you are vegan already, there's no right or wrong way to be vegan. So often we get told that as vegans, we're so pushy and we're shoving our belief onto other people. And if you want your baby to also be vegan, that's okay. But if you're choosing for your child not to be vegan, that's also okay. And that's giving them the choice later on in life.
0: You know, I never thought about that. There's a lot of similarities. A lot of people think, oh, in baby led weaning that you're foisting your opinions on everyone else. And baby led weaning has a bad rap as being a really judgmental space in parenting. And I've worked very hard to make this the largest digital community dedicated solely to baby led weaning and a total judgment-free zone. So I think we're both kind of doing our part for our uh, respective areas of interest. And thank you again, Susie, for being here. It was such a pleasure hearing from you.
1: Thank you so much. It's so great to talk about veganism with my baby too. (laughs)
0: Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Susie Kuberman. I don't know about you. I just love hearing people's like personal stories, how they got to where they are. I think it's so cool that she's kind of figuring it out as she goes, right? That's life. That's parenting. We're kind of building this thing as we're already flying. So thanks for tuning in and listening to Susie's story. I'm going to link to some of the different resources that were mentioned in this episode in the show notes, which you can find at blwpodcast.com forward slash two zero three. And if you want to grab my 100 first foods list, we were mentioning the 20 different whole grains that are on the 100 first foods list. I give that away to everyone on my free weekly workshop called Baby Lead Weaning for Beginners. It's all about how to get your baby to eat 100 foods before turning one without you having to spoon feed purees or buy pouches. You can sign up for this week's workshop times and grab your copy of the 100 first foods list with those 20. Plant based whole grains, and there are lots of other foods on there as well, 80 to be precise. If you head to babyledweaning.co, again, babyledweaning.co to sign up for the workshop, maybe I'll see you there. Thanks for listening. Bye now.